like scary movies? Totally. Hey, y'all. Totally. What's up? It's Jess. Hey, jerk. Speed kills. Ah, baby, bone sherry. Hey, what? Lindsay. The key. You did a great job. You filthy animals. Hello, Sydney. <laughs> I'll be right back. I thought this was about horror movies. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What's your favorite scary movie? Oh, I gotta fan myself. Curdled sack of milk. (laughs) (laughs) I'm a really good listener. No, you're not. That's true. We're out of here. Bye. The key. Hello and welcome. Bye, y'all. Bye. Plug it up. Plug it up. Plug it up. Plug it up. Hey. Yeah, she looks hungover. Do you think so? <laughs> I don't think that she does. No, she looks Thanks. <laughs> she just looks. Thanks, asshole. Asshole. She just looks I angry. Look yeah, she does look kind of pissy. I feel fine. Were you at like Club Panama last night or what? No, I was at home. <laughs> yeah, right. You was at the Club Panama, huh? Club Panama. Is that in Springfield? Yeah. yeah. It was ladies' night. Oh my God. <laughs> ladies' <laughs> night at the Panama Club. <laughs> That's where she was. Uh, yeah. They, they used to have that real shitty um, area above Club Panama where bands would play. I remember playing there before. Isn't it like a converted house? Yeah. Ugh, but the the upstairs is like a big like lofty looking area and there's like a bar and then like a little shitty stage up there did you perform there yeah i played there before yeah <laughs> i thought it was like an older crowd type of bar uh they probably didn't like what we were playing hmm. is it even open anymore i don't know <laughs> i mean i'm talking like i was like 16 or so that was back in the forever sports days jess oh man yeah you wouldn't have been at forever sports mm-hmm you ever been to Fred? Well, it's not there anymore. It's where mm-hmm. Jeff Weiler is. Yeah. Nope. Never been there. It used to be um, like you'd walk. So they had go-karts, go-kart track, right? But it was just tires like around the outside of it. So oh, like, yeah. if you hit the tires, you were going out into the field. Then the guy mm-hmm. had to like, he'd bitch at you. Hey! <laughs> so he had to like run out there and like push your go-kart backwards <laughs> back onto the track <laughs> and then like set the tires back up. But the whole time, it would be the shittiest job because then every yeah, time- he, he would like fix my go-kart and then he'd have to go fix somebody else's. So the dude just ran around the track. So you would pay for like, I don't know. I think they did it by lap. You got like 10 laps or something mm-hmm. for $3. But you'd get at least 20 laps because this dude was just over here. Then he'd have to run back to the other side. Oh, poor guy. But anyway, <laughs> there was also, it was like a big garage kind of. It looked like a big barn kind of, mm-hmm. I guess is the best way to say it. But the, when you walked in, it was like an arcade. So the arcade games around, pool tables, ping pong tables, etc. Then you'd walk up this ramp and in the back, it was like a room they used to use for like catering. Mm-hmm. So you could have like a, a party or whatever in there. Birthday but, party. Yeah, but we got all these skids and we ma- made this real shitty, crappy stage that rocked real, real bad. <laughs> Probably should not have had, it's like for a drum riser and then we would have shows back there. I've we seen the videos. Oh, have you seen them? You showed us one, remember? I must have been really drunk. But you wouldn't let us see the behind the music interviews. <laughs> oh, I did want to see the behind the music. That sucks. Was I on there talking? Yeah, but you kept fast forwarding past it. You wouldn't let us watch it. Oh, uh, it was probably stupid. <laughs> I mean, what does a 16 year old Josh have to say that's fucking not stupid? I don't know. I want to know. So we're going to have to watch it, Jess. I think he was like, I wake up in the morning and I piss excellence. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably something like that. That honestly <laughs> sounds a lot like what I would say. I let's, think so. Mm-hmm. Let's be Even honest. today. No, dude. This morning I woke up and I was peeing blood. Oh, well, that's not good. Oh my God. <laughs> Should probably go to urgent care when we're done here. <laughs> Why?
<laughs> I think it's awesome. Yeah, okay. When's the last time you peed blood? I don't think I've ever peed blood. Never? Mm-mm. Oh. That's not like a normal thing that people do. I don't I, I don't think that's like an accurate statement. <laughs> I think it is. Jess, do you pee blood a lot? <laughs> no. Have you ever? I mean... <laughs> no, I haven't. Oh. Guess it's just me then. <laughs> I guess it's I'm just kidding. you. I really wasn't peeing blood, but I drank a lot of whiskey last night, so it was like not... It's like one of those peas that stink real bad, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah? A de- dehydrated, <laughs> dehydrated pee. Why are you saying Ew. What? I want to hear about your stinky pee. Yeah, right. Like you just wake wake up and your piss smells like flowers. I mean, it doesn't smell like that. What do you mean it's like stinky? Uh, I don't know. It just stinks. You can smell it. Well, Seth, obviously, you're like standing yeah, up. Yeah, like if you're real dehydrated, I feel like when you pee, it's kind of stinky. Yeah, it just smells like pee. Like you don't drink like we do. Yeah, I guess not. <laughs> you go to bed with a well, you go to bed with a half gallon of Jack Daniels in your stomach. It's not going to smell good in the morning. I don't know. I just don't usually smell like my pee, so I guess it's not very smelly. Well, she's, gonna... she's sitting down, so it's more like sealed <laughs> off, you know. Oh, that's true. See, we have the yeah. aromas that like yeah. it hits the uh, toilet or the toilet. It's the water, and mm-hmm. it like comes up like uh, like aromatherapy. Yeah. Versus you, you have like wow. a half hiney down in the toilet. Yeah, it just splashes yeah. back up on her ass. So s- smell your butt then. <laughs> It does not splash back onto my ass, Seth. I don't know how heavy of a flow you have when you pee. Have you ever peed and then took a dump and it splashed back? (laughs) Have you? I have. I don't think so. Everyone's done that. Come on. Why are you being so uptight this morning? I'm not. (laughs) Just wasn't expecting this conversation, I guess. Yeah, I wasn't. I I didn't know about fucking I have heard that like when you eat asparagus, it makes your pee smell. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that happens. Like instantly, it's weird. Yeah, I don't eat that shit. Next time she goes to pee, she's gonna like spread her legs and like put her head down, like and try to waft it it up to her face. (laughs) Gonna give it a big sniff. (laughs) She's gonna be like, oh my god, it does stink. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, It smells like asparagus and fish. (laughs) Fish. I was like asparagus like and salmon. I love how you guys always have to try and work that into the conversation. Like fish. We actually have had a bet since so. How many years of this podcast is this? On, are we going on three? Mm-hmm. So Seth and I have had a behind the scenes bet. We never told you about the first person to work it into the episode gets five bucks. Gotcha. So that's the now you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's normally Seth is making out on this then because he's usually the one to mention it first. Yes, generally I owe Seth money at the Brings end of every episode. Fish. <laughs> mm-hmm. The fish fillet. I was driving down um, Upper Valley, Lower Valley, one of the valleys, and I saw a sign, a billboard, and it was for either Wendy's or McDonald's, but it was a two, you know, like the fish fillet sandwich? Mm-hmm. It was like a fish fillet on top of a fish fillet, like one sandwich. A double. Do people need that much fish fillet? That's a lot of fish fillet. So essentially, it's like a Big Mac, but fish. Right? Yeah, but only isn't that like, like what a big yeah, but there's not like the center bun. So it's just uh, like a, a Dave's double. It's but like fish. It's like <laughs> yes, that's <laughs> exactly what it is. Okay, it's Dave's fish double. That's a lot of fish. Like nobody needs that much. Is that what we've come to in society? Mm-hmm. Like, hey, you want to get a fish fillet? I better get a double. God, I've never had one from Wendy's. I would think you just get two sandwiches. Yeah, <laughs> I might guess. I guess they're saving on the bun, though. Yeah, it's maybe? less bread. It's less carbs. But why do you need <laughs> that much fish fillet? Hungry. 
Fuck hung off. Hungover? I don't know. Was that what you'd get if you were hungover? No. We know Jess would get the McGriddle. <laughs> yeah, I would for sure. That did, sounds really good right now. Did you get one this morning? No. What happened? So you're you're remote again. You said you were too hungover to drive, which means you must be pretty hungover. I didn't say I was too hungover to drive. I said I didn't feel like venturing out. <laughs> Because I drank too much. Okay, well, what I heard is you were too hungover to drive, so let's just go with that. And uh, what were you doing last night? Talk to us. I played some games. Played some Yahtzee, Mm. some Beat Saber. Mm. What else did we play? We played this game called Lucky 7. Ooh. Which ties into what we're talking about today. (laughs) It kind of does. Is that a relative or a distant cousin to uh, hide the sausage? No. Oh. I guess I heard that, um, or I'm sorry, it was called, um, fuck, now I forget what the other game was called. I forget. It was a dice game. It's kind of like Farkle. Farkle? Have you heard of that? No. Uh Is that where you put a sparkler (laughs) in your butthole? It's another sex game. Jess is playing all these weird sex games. It was called Zilch. And I guess Farkle, you play with one more dice than you do. Can you stop saying Farkle? Farkle. Farkle. (laughs) I can't believe you've never heard of that. I don't know. Uh, It's an older dice game. I I figured you guys had played it since you're super near games. I feel like Farkle is something that (laughs) would be like a... (laughs) Like shake the dice in your butt and then shoot them out. Like a 4th of July (laughs) trick. I feel like... uh, It'd be like one of those things. Remember that stupid circle thing where you put your finger in a circle and you try to put it below your waist and if your friend saw it, you mm-hmm. got to hit him in the arm? Yeah. Mm. You know that game? Well, I feel like Farkle would be like the sparkler version of that where like Seth walks out of my back door onto the deck and I'm like up on top of the hot tub cover with like my pants down and like my legs spread with a sparkler hanging out of my butt on fire and he looks and I go, Farkle! That's a lot of setup just for that. I know. That is. <laughs> But then you'd have to like drink, chug a beer or something. Yeah. Or maybe I'd like be bent over like John Cena in that movie where he butt chugs. You know what I'm talking about? Is that cock blockers? Cock blockers, yeah. the blockers, yeah. And then like I'd come out of the garage and you'd be, Farkle. See That's a lot less setup. Yeah. I think we need a well, t-shirt now that says Farkle. Farkle. You could have your own version of it. <laughs> the <Yeah>. game. <laughs> we play Mississippi Marbles. That's a dice game. Oh. I've no? never heard of that. <laughs> Why are you laughing? We play Mississippi Marbles. <laughs> <laughs> you heard that game? Uh, dude, my, uh, so we were at my niece's birthday party Friday night, and uh, my aunt was there, Aunt B. Shout out to Aunt B, who listens to the show, avid listener. My mother was there, Nana. And um, they both come over there and they're like, hey, um, what's the chef's kiss? <laughs> fucking chef's kiss again oh my god i was like what do you mean and my mom goes you know the chef's kiss like well they keep both keep doing this what is what is the chef what is the chef's kiss is it just like a chef's kiss i was like did you listen to the episode well yeah that's why we want to know what it is i'm like you need to go back and listen again because we very clearly described what Mm -hmm. it was it's when you take your fingers like a chef's kiss to your mouth but rather insert them anally yeah and then you do the chef's kiss we did a walkthrough like thing. Yeah. yeah, we had a workshop about it. Should we do an Instagram video? Might have to. And explain the chef's guess. Mm-hmm. We might have to. <laughs> clearly, it's causing issues. Yeah, <laughs> I just thought it was very clearly explained. Just, I mean, were you here for the chef's? You were here for the chef's guess. Yeah, so you saw I it was. all. 
in action. Have you had anyone ask you about the chef's guess? I haven't. No. Me yep. either. Uh-uh. Oh, it's a bummer. Check this out, dude. Have you seen my hair recently? Mm-mm. Dude, I was walking around the uh, birthday party. <laughs> Jess, you're going to love this. Look at this. Oh, my goodness. And my aunt walks up and she goes, I love your hair. And like keeps touching it. Ooh. Yeah. I was like, you look like Sonic the Hedgehog right now. Yeah, you do. (laughs) Does it look good or bad? I'm going to cut tomorrow. Well, it's just all messy, so. Do you want to touch it? No. Here, go ahead. Touch it. When's the last time it was washed? Yesterday. That's lovely. You just fucking petted him like (laughs) a dog. So greasy. He likes being pet. Yeah, I'm like (laughs) a dog. Anyway. um, Yeah, what have you been up to, man? Stuff. Thanks. Oh, <laughs> I haven't watched that much. I watched a movie called Only Mine on Netflix, I think. Was it good? It was okay. It's basically like a glorified lifetime movie where it's like this guy that was a cop and he like mm. is obsessed with this lady, you know, Ooh. and it's one of those like if I can't have you, nobody can kind of things. Really? Yeah. Have you ever been in that type of situation in real life? No. Never? You Jess? No. Not that huh. extreme. Like he starts like fucking with her like life and stuff. Mm. She dumps him. And it's a Netflix movie. Mm-hmm. Really? I'm surprised. Is there anybody we know that's in it? No, nobody. Hmm. You <laughs> seem like the kind of guy that would do that, though. Like if I can't have you, nobody will. That seems like too much <laughs> work. You become a pizza delivery man just so you can get like pe- go deliver yeah. pizzas to his house. Mm-hmm. I could see it. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> it's me. It's get me. What's in the box? But I mean, she ends up killing him in the end. So, well, fuck. Now we don't gotta watch You're not it. Gotta okay, watch great. it. It's basically, Jesus, it was Christ, basically a lifetime movie. My God, dude! I can't even continue. <laughs> I'm surprised it was even on there. Honestly, Farkle, Farkle, and then I watched some Mayday Air Disaster. What? Mayday Air Disaster. What's that mean? Plane crash shows. You watch people die on planes. That's where they like, it's like documentaries about how the plane crashed. Oh, so they like tell you what happened. Mm-hmm. I thought you were just like sitting out on YouTube watching planes crash. I'm I don't like, think they have Fuck. videos of just live planes crashing. Do you think, do you think Farkle would be a good sa- uh, safety word? Is that what it's called? Your safety word? <laughs> yeah, I guess it would be. Farkle! <laughs> no, they usually call it a safe word, but if you want to call it a safety word, that's safety fine. word. <laughs> 2022, I take safety very seriously. Yeah. Try it though. But if your mouth's taped shut, how do you say it? T- try it. You'd f- <laughs> fart. You'd fart, maybe. <laughs> I guess. Blink a certain amount of times. You have to fart and light the sparkler. That's, <laughs> That's a lot. Know. What about you, Jets? What have you been up to? Um, I watched the Adam Project. What's that on Netflix? It's got Ryan Reynolds in it. Um, it's like a sci-fi time travel movie. I'm surprised you guys haven't seen like a preview for it or something. No. Is it new? Yeah, it just came out, I think, Thursday night. What's it on? Netflix. Oh, I didn't see it. Hmm. She literally <laughs> just said that. I didn't hear it, okay? Clean your fucking ears out, fucking dude. bitch. It's, Ooh. it's good. It's got um, Ryan Reynolds and Zoe Saldana. I think that's... I don't know if that's how you say her last name, but it's the chick that plays Gamora and oh, Guardians. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know you're talking about. Is hmm. it So it's good? Is it funny? It's good. Um, it's got like some comedic undertones, but really it's sad. It's kind of like, um, oh, and fucking uh, the dude that plays Bruce Banners in it. Um, Mark Ruffalo? Yes. He's, he plays his dad. He basically, his, his dad is like the grandfather inventor of time travel. He plays Ryan Reynolds' dad? Yes. Is he that old? I, yeah, I mean. Oh, I didn't know that. I thought he was just a little you'll, bit older. You'll than have me. to you'll have to see it like 
Ryan Reynolds is a younger kid in it, and then like he comes back as an older gentleman. Oh, and, okay. Yeah, Gentleman. you'll just have to like see. I'm not gonna ruin it because it is good. You're not gonna tell us how it fucking ends, like this guy. No. This was a bad movie. That's why I told you how it ended. I wish you would have told me how the Nick Cage movie ended that you told me was good. And then well, I, was I fucking drunk when spent I two that. fucking hours <laughs> of my life that I never got back. I'm sitting like Seth said this was good. It's got to get better, man. It's got to get no. Didn't Farkle. Um, okay, uh-huh. Ryan Reynolds. What else you got? Anything else? Yes. Um, I also started the Worst Roommate Ever series, which is also on Netflix. Um, I think there's like five episodes, maybe. I watched the first episode. It's fucking crazy. Is that the one with that it's, old lady? Yes. Okay, because I was gonna watch it, but I haven't started it it's yet. A, it's a series, right? Yeah. That is somebody it's, in the the group chat was talking about it. Was it you? I think it was Brooke. Oh, okay. Is it good? And I, I responded and said, I just started this. It's crazy. Um, but yeah, like this older lady, basically, just to give you the gist, she takes people in that have like disabilities and stuff like that. And then she's like killing them and keeping their social security checks. Really? But keep coming. She buries, I think uh, they end up finding seven people buried in her backyard. <laughs> Is, is it like documentary style? Yeah. Okay, because I watched the trailer and the, the guy was talking about the smell coming from the house or something. Yeah, like yeah. it's it's like real mm. clips of like her and like the police and them like doing the investigation and stuff like that. It's, it's crazy. This lady looks so fucking creepy. And she gets people by like administering like stup- they call it stupefying drugs. So basically like roofies and stuff like that. Really? She started out doing that and like robbing people, like stealing from them while they were under. And then she just went on to full blown, like <laughs> killing people. Like it's nuts. Where did she live at? Um, I think it was Sacramento. I can't remember now. It's in California and it's like in a heavily populated area. So they're like, how the fuck did she like bury all these bodies in her backyard? And like, nobody really knew about it. No shit. Hmm, I have to check it out. I'm going to have to watch that, dude. That's just not. Is each episode like a different person? No, it's all. It's all her. her. But like um, the whole thing. It's just nuts because she makes herself look older. Like she really isn't as old as she portrays herself to be. Really? Hmm. Yeah. Like she uses like different makeup and stuff to make herself look older. <laughs> uh, I'm going to have to watch this. Creepy. That's good to see you doing that, dude. Killing people for social security checks. You got your big house. You're just like, yeah, come live with me. I have extra bedrooms. Yeah. And like at night, they're like, this guy digs a lot. You have like a garden. You make Johnny Depp. You have corn. Yeah, I just have corn. My entire backyard is just corn. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I can see it. Fuck, I'm about to watch that. I got two shows now I got to watch. Yes, thanks. Yeah, you're welcome. That's that's pretty much all I've watched thus far. Damn. Out partying, playing Farkle, watching. I went skiing and hurt yeah. myself. Yeah, why didn't you tell us about that? <laughs> Walk us oh, no. Yeah, Seth crashed hard, he said. I did. So I went on Friday, and they don't have a lot of trails open now because they're closing this weekend. Oh. And I accidentally went down a black diamond, which is the hardest. It's called a black diamond? Yeah. Oh, really? There's like different color codes for how hard the hill is. Oh. I usually do greens and blues, and then black would be the next one. So what is, what's like a, what's like a Josh Hill? Like if I went, because I've never been skiing, like what would I go on? The bunny hill. That's, that's So it's really called a bunny? Mm-hmm. Is there a picture of a bunny? No. Just called the bunny hill. Okay. It's a little, little hill. <laughs> oh, it's a little guy. Yeah. It's like a sledding hill. 
Not even that. Oh, okay. <laughs> and then what's after that? Red or green? Uh, orange, I think, and oh. then green, then blue, then black. There's no red. No. Interesting. At least not there. So black. How did you accidentally do this? Isn't because it, it was hard to tell like what was open and what wasn't because we had all that rain. So mm. there's a lot of grass, you know, in between. And I was just going down it. And I'm like, hmm, this seems kind of steep. I'm like, oh, we're going kind of fast now. <laughs> and oops, I fell. Was your friend on it with you? No, I was by myself. You just went skiing by yourself? Yeah, because they were closing this weekend. I wanted to go. Did anybody see you fall? No, thankfully. Oh, <laughs> and nobody it. came down behind me either. So, Did you think you were like fucked up? It hurt. And both my skis popped off. They're supposed to. <laughs> oh, man. They're supposed to do that so you don't like break your legs. Did they keep going down the hill? No, I did. They stayed in place. No. <laughs> so... How far did you slide down the Not hill? Not that far, Without but far enough that I had to crawl back up <laughs> and get it back oh off. Do they yeah. have video camera there? You, we should try to get the footage. I don't think so. But yeah, <laughs> we should try to get the footage. <laughs> but I did go down that. I went down it again to prove to myself that I could. And you did it? Yeah. Nice. Yeah, but it fucking hurt. I wear a helmet too because I did hit my head on the ground. You did? <laughs> yeah. Did you yell? Damn. No, I probably said fuck or <gasps> shit. <gasps> God damn it. Did you blame it on me? No. Yeah. <laughs> Damn it, Josh. <laughs> Don't even know I'm here and it's your fault. I guess I feel like you blame everything on me. Yeah. He'd be like, were you like, do you listen to music? No. Uh-uh. Uh, is it like frowned upon? Should you not do that? I mean, people do, but I don't. What would you listen to if you were, what would your jam be for skiing? I have no mm-hmm. idea. Because I've never done it. Mm-hmm. Probably some kind of 80s song. Mm-hmm. I think it'd be like some Whitney Houston or something. Yeah. It's a I real slow it. Whitney Houston ballad. Oh, God. Like real slow? No. And I, yeah. yeah, I could do like poses as I go down the hill to that song. Dude, that would be terrible. So as you crash, you hit your face. Yeah. You, well, did you have like snow all up in your face and mm-hmm. shit? I was, I'm still sore. My back hurts. My oh my neck God. hurts. Yeah. I'm sure that's like not, it's a soft landing. It's like hard ass packed snow. Yeah, because it, it was all man made snow because we had all that rain. Was it icy though? Was it like it hot? was like slushy kind of? Mm. How yeah. fast were you going? Fast enough, <laughs> dude. I just envisioned you flying down this hill, and then you're like, "Oh shit, this isn't good." Oh no! And then all of a sudden, your little skis bloop, hit, sink in. You fly over it. That wasn't like that. Did you like roll? Don't take away my okay, fun. Did you roll down the hill like a, a snowball? That was a slide more than a roll. Oh. Yeah. And then you had to use your ski poles to get back up to the skis and you're just climbing up the hill and you're dragging and somehow your pants slid down and your little weenies in the icy snow. Yeah. I took my shirt off too. And like, yeah. yeah. Cool. Even though nobody saw me. Thank God. I wish I would have seen that. It'd been fucking hilarious. That probably was funny to see. I was just going to say, all I can envision is you like an Olympic skier when they take off and they're like whole bodies like <laughs> oh, yeah. behind them. <laughs> I do not have that good of posture when I'm skiing. <laughs> oh, man. But yeah, that's what was going through my mind. I'm like, oh, this is steep. <laughs> I feel like your skiing posture to be more like a big fella at the buffet. Like all like down and out like this. Yeah. I have some chicken. Yeah. That's exactly, <laughs> exactly what I do. Okay. Sorry. Anyway, so yeah, that was my weekend. Uh, as you guys know, I have just went on a tear of watching Scream 5. I've watched it four times this week. Are you serious? Yeah. Jesus. Why are you laughing at me, Jess? Because <laughs> you laugh. said I went on a tear. I don't know why that made me laugh. <laughs> How come you laugh at the dumb shit I say? Quit it. <laughs> I'm telling you, dude, you got to watch it again. Both of you. Fine, loan it to me and I'll watch it. It's quickly becoming my favorite Scream movie. It's still, eh, da, 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 da. it's still probably third on the list. 
Yeah, I do. Need I to think watch you it. might be a little bit obsessed. Yeah, I don't think that's true. Maybe it's true. Okay, it's true. How many times did you watch it? Four times this week. Wow. Yeah. Are you <laughs> masturbating to it? No, but honestly, every time I watch it, it gets better. Like mm. I, I see things I didn't see before. Like there's just things I like more about it, and then you notice certain things every, each time you watch it. Mm. Yeah, it's great. You should watch it again. It's on Paramount Plus. You can watch it for. Do you have Paramount Plus? I don't think I do. You could do a free trial. I guess I could do that. I guess I could do that. <laughs> um, and then I also watched The Walking Dead season eleven. There was like twelve episodes out, and I just gang banged them. Gang banged them. That's why gang banged them. Is that right? Yeah. No. Yeah. Ran a train on it. <laughs> That's not right. I, I don't think I said that. Used that correctly. Gangbusters. I went gangbusters. There you go. Not gang banging. <laughs> Did you guys, you don't watch Walking Dead. Jess, did you give up on The Walking Dead? You have not went back to it, right? I have not. I would like to try at some point. I've heard that like the new is better. I found the secret. You have to binge it. You can't watch it week to week. You have to just sit down and watch them because it's like one long ass movie. That's what you said last time. Have we ever talked about this? Mm -hmm. Oh. Well, but then I heard they're making another spinoff with Negan and um, Maggie. They are. Why? <laughs> uh, well, this is the first time, this part of this season is the first time you actually get to see Negan and Maggie interact since the whole Glenn thing. Yeah. And they actually get, like, it's pretty good back and forth between the two. I think it'll be cool to see. Although it kind of ruins the ending of this show because obviously if they're doing a spinoff of those two, they obviously don't die, so. Right. That was, right. I just... <laughs> I just don't like it because I feel like they're taking it too far. They've already got the other like spinoffs that they have. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. What's it it's called? Just a lot. The Running Dead? The Running Dead. The Walking Dead. <laughs> no, the spinoff. No, it's called Negan and Maggie. It's called Island. It's actually called Island of the Dead. Mm. But Negan and Maggie are in it. But they have their own universe now because there's so many shows. Because if yeah. you get the AMC app, it's called The Walking Dead Universe. But I still enjoy it, and I don't give a fuck what you say, Seth. Okay. Thank you. Have you, read, have you read any books? Are you like logging anything or what? I'm about to finish the book I've been reading. I just haven't logged it. Oh, how many pages? 460-something, I think. Sure. But I started it in February. I just don't read that fast. You're a slow reader. Mm-hmm. Slow walker, slow skier. Not on Friday, I wasn't. <laughs> well, <laughs> huh, interesting. All right. Have you? Uh, yeah, I'm just, I'm about to finish The Dark Tower. I haven't even looked at the sheet to see if anyone's changed anything. I don't think anybody is. Just no, you? I haven't. <laughs> Have you logged anything? No. Yeah. She's going to wait till November, and all of a sudden, it'll be like 80,000 pages. Yeah. I've just been tracking them on the Goodreads. Like, I'll post when I like finish something and whatnot. She's reading the Bible, so she's going to have like thousands of pages to look in. Should we all three log the Bible at the end? <laughs> Let's see if they notice. On the very last day. To yeah. <laughs> I didn't see if they say anything. I bet they'll pick a fight with this and we'll just say. Like what? We all read it together. We had little ceremonies. Had, and it's not a ceremony. Dipshit. It's a Bible study. Group. Bible study group. Whatever. Ceremonies. <laughs> Sat around and read it to each other. Every Friday we get together. We read a passage from the Bible. We eat a little mm-hmm. pizza and we talk about how we interact or connect with that passage of the Bible and how we can use the teachings and lessons from that passage in our everyday life to make ourselves a better person in the world, a better place. <sighs> yeah. You guys want to start doing that? No. We could just read it and make fun of it. <laughs> I don't know if I could get through it, honestly. 
You as slow as you read, you'd be there forever. No, I just think it would be boring. I don't know. Okay, great. All right. Getting lit. Talking shit, scary movie discussion. Our movie this episode is HMC 80, the movie 7. This was my pick. Have you guys seen 7 before? In the 90s. In the 90s. Yes, I have. I think I, I don't think I saw it in the 90s. I don't think I saw it until I was probably like in high school. Oh. Age. Interesting. Yeah. This was the one for me. This is the one that scared the crap out of me as a kid. The gluttony scene I sticks out of my head very much. From when you were a kid? Mm-hmm. I was probably like 13 or 14 when I saw it. I don't remember how old I was, but I remember it was Easter. I think I've told you this story mm-hmm. before. And Dad was watching it, and I watched it, and it scared yeah. the shit out of me. It was the scene with the, uh, which, which of the seven deadly sins is it? The guy where he's in the bed? Oh, the, the sloth one? Yes. Uh, that one was gross, with too. With the air fresheners, and he's mm-hmm. still alive? Yes. And when he when he gasps, it was, I mean, it scared the shit out of me. So, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I forgot about that scene when they were walking in. I'm like, oh god, this is that dude. This is the guy, mm. the guy. So gross. Yeah, it's not great. But dude, this movie you can definitely tell um, influenced like Saw because like for me like, and not that he's like Jigsaw copied John Doe from this movie. Just like the feel of the movie mm-hmm. is very it reminds me of Saw. Yeah, it's very similar. Yeah. Which I think I always knew that but didn't really until this viewing really was like oh wow this is like very very much they just don't really show like you know the event happening it's the aftermath right <laughs> which saw, i like better not having to see it that's but. what i was getting ready to say like saw is very much you're gonna see what yeah. well not even really the first one more so the later ones because mm-hmm. i think in the first one you kind of see but it's like you get like little flashbacks yes. in the first one mm-hmm. yeah whereas the later ones really focus on yeah. The act. Yeah. And less on the science and the reasoning behind why he was doing mm-hmm. it. But do you like the first Saw movie? Yeah, I don't mind it. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Because after that, it got too tortury for me. Mm. Yeah. Jess, a lot of people are saying that the new Batman movie is uh, pulls from Seven. Did you get that vibe when watching this? Mm, maybe a little bit, but no, I wouldn't have made that connection. Yeah, they said it was very heavily influenced by David Fincher's Seven. Um, I mean, you can kind of see with like the rain and like just the way the city is. I had a note about how like dreary this movie is, dark and ominous and rainy, like the whole time. It's it's yeah, it is because like you and then like even I think the city itself even mimics like some. Excuse you, Jesus. Pardon. Pete. <laughs> it's my seltzer. Are you okay? Yeah. Did you get some burp. on your chin? But the sit like the sit because Brad Pitt is new to the city and he's like all like rambunctious and like positive and Morgan Freeman has been in the city forever and is like ready to get out of the city but you like see like his mood it like mimics how the city is because it's just so dreary and mm-hmm. like when he's laying in bed and he can like hear everybody outside yelling and screaming mm-hmm. and it's like what a shitty place mm-hmm. but well, the fact that he has a metronome next yes. to his bed says a lot right <laughs> yeah right. Um, which I'm sure we'll talk about all that, but uh, so none of our first watches. Our characters, Mill, Detective Mills, is Brad, played by Brad Pitt. Uh, Detective Somerset is played by Morgan Freeman. Tracy, that's uh, Mills's girlfriend or wife, is played by Gwyneth Paltrow, and John Doe is played by none other than Kevin Spacey. I called them Brad, Morgan, and Gwen through the whole thing. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I tried not to because I did that with The Shining and had such a fucking hard time reading mm-hmm. through it. Yeah. Because I kept calling her, um, I didn't call her Wendy, I forget now what I call whatever her name is. Shelly. Shelly. 
Shelly well, Shell. and, and Jack. Well, the other two, it's like their names were the same. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Good thing he wasn't in this. That would have been terrible. Anyway, director Stanley Kubrick also did Zodiac, Gone Girl, The Social Network, and The Curious Case of Benjamin Button. Seth, one of your favorite movies ever. Have I said that? Yeah. I've never. I've seen that movie like one time. No, dude. We had a whole thing, and you like did like a thirty-minute monologue about how the correlation between the older uh, aging Brad Pitt turning into the young boy is just so prolific, and you mm. can really relate to it. Yeah. In your older age. Yeah. You don't remember that? No. Wow. Jess, do you remember him talking about that? Mm-mm. Yeah. Yeah. She said, "Yeah." Um, <laughs> Budget is thirty-three million and a two hundred or three hundred and twenty-seven million at the box office. Jess, would you like to read the synopsis? Two detectives, a rookie and a veteran, hunt a serial killer who uses the seven deadly sins as his motives. Wow. You did a great job. Thank you. Seth, was there a lot of fun facts for this? There was 186 to choose from. (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) I look forward to it. I'm reading all of them. Good. No. Scene one, opening scene. Somerset arrives to a homicide and meets new Detective Mills, a transfer who fought to be reassigned just as Somerset is set to retire in seven days. Somerset sets a metronome in order to fall asleep due to the noise of the city. Like I said, it's really loud. Monday rolls around. Mills gets ready for work, uh, talking with Tracy. Uh, They're walking around their tiny-ass apartment. Then he meets Somerset at a crime scene, offers him a coffee, to which he declines and argues with another officer. Inside the crime scene, they find a large man face down in a plate of spaghetti, hands and feet bound by rope. Mills gets in trouble for talking too much, finds a bucket of vomit, and Somerset asks him to leave prior to the coroner picking up the face-down dead man. At the coroner's office, they're told that the man ate until his stomach ripped, and then he was kicked, causing his stomach to burst. Somerset and Mills talk to the captain telling him this is just the beginning of a series of murders and somerset asked to be reassigned since he's due to retire the captain forces somerset to stay on the case meanwhile mills gets reassigned to a lawyer who's been bled out in his office with greed written on the floor (sighs) seth Mm? have you ever lived in the city uh not like this type of city jess have you ever lived in a city like this no i don't know how people do it I may lived like outside of LA, but it wasn't like a suburby. It wasn't this loud. No. Do you think it's really this that loud? Probably places in like New York, I'd imagine, depending on like where you are. I couldn't do it, dude. I wouldn't be able to sleep. I yeah. Ma- I imagine you get used to it. I don't know. It's overwhelming. I mean, just when I went to New York, like it's overwhelming. A lot of it, just the the street life. Everybody's up all night. Like mm-hmm. it's a lot. It's just commotion all the time. Yeah. Mm. yeah. It's very loud. The traffic and stuff through there. Yeah. Even the hotels are loud. You think the hotels would do something to like try to dampen the sound? Well, I can only do so much, I guess. I, guess. I mean, I'm sure you hear sirens and all kinds of stuff. Yeah. Mm. Um. So this scene where, because at first, uh, I'll say the scene. The scene is where uh, Somerset asks, so Mills is talking during the whole fucking time and kind of, I don't think he was being obnoxious. He was just rambunctious. Like when, when they were they, in the, with the big guy. Oh, I thought he was annoying in this. Oh, scene. you did think he was annoying. Yeah, I even had a note that said like, "Shut the fuck up, Brad." Okay, so <laughs> I, I just thought he was trying to like help, but I don't know. He was a little rambunctious, but Somerset makes him leave before they pull the the big guy's head up. I don't think he made him leave because he was annoying him. I don't think he wanted him to see the guy. 
Maybe. Is that what, Jess, what do you think? Is that what you thought? Or did you think he just wanted him to leave because he was being annoying? I kind of felt like he thought he was being annoying or uh, he like wanted to teach him a lesson or something. I don't know. See, at first I thought that. And then the more I thought about it, I was like, I don't, cause as the further the movie went on, I was like, I don't think he was being a dick, making him leave because he was bothering him. I think, cause he says multiple times, this shouldn't be your first case. That's true. He does. I think he was trying to not, cause when he pulls that guy's face up, it's awful. Mm. Cause he pulls that guy's face. Cause he like, <laughs> like it was in spaghetti for, was it days? I said he'd been dead a couple of days, I think. Mm-hmm. And his like, face is purple and his eyes are like... it's like. Mm-hmm. So then I'm like, later I was like, I think he made him leave because he was trying to protect him from seeing... Could be. ...that for his first case. Because he's super naive, Mills is, because he has no idea what he's in for. I think he's supposed to be from like the country somewhere. Yeah, I think... Doesn't uh, Tracy say that they moved from... To get away to, from tractor pools or something? Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do like how everything is so gross in this movie already. What do you like the, like everything, the dude's house is gross. Yeah. Like even their apartment's kind of nasty when she's like getting ready in the morning. Yeah. It's tiny. Yeah. Everything just feels like icky. Then when she like picks the eye crust out of his eye, I was like, (laughs) well, yeah, I mean it is. I guess I didn't think about that. Like the little things that you don't know. Even the police station seems like dingy and nasty. Like everything just feels icky i think it's the way it's shot i think mm-hmm. it's supposed to be like just like i don't want to say f- dirty but just like gl- it's gloomy yeah i mean every place yeah. they visit in this movie is gross dimly lit yeah. it's mm-hmm. always raining um which i didn't notice is like when they're inside the buildings do you still hear the rain outside like you do like in the rain yeah, and some of the scenes mm-hmm. you can see it yeah okay but yeah oh, this god. oh my god what a way to go Ooh. eating until your stomach ripped I mean, obviously, he was throwing up in a bucket. He just kept making him eat. Mm-hmm. At what so point nice. are you just like, dude, shoot me. I'm not going to eat anymore. I know. Ugh, he like stuck his face down in that bucket. Like, I would not get that close. Wait to see what it I was. Know. He's like, what's in here? <laughs> how, did it say how much spaghetti he had eaten? I don't know if that guy ever said. Because didn't he have buckets of like uh, the big industrial size cans of sauce? Sauce, I think so. Mm-hmm. Fuck, I don't even like spaghetti. I wouldn't. I don't know this. if they were bigger. He just had a lot of them, mm-hmm. like on that stand or whatever. And then they saw they showed like a bunch of other canned goods. Jess, why do you think he picked spaghetti? Um, maybe because it fills you up quick. It's cheap. I was. Gonna, I thought. I was gonna say. I thought maybe because <laughs> it was cheap, but I actually, yeah, because I always feel like shit after I eat spaghetti. Like it swells up in your stomach, right? Uh, probably, yeah. I'm I an Alfredo. That's I'm, it. I'm an Alfredo guy. <laughs> that gives me the shits. God, man. It's <laughs> <laughs> a lot of cheese. Jeez. Um, is this where they talk about the lawyer? We don't know that we don't know the cases are connected yet, right? No, not yet. Okay. Scene two. Somerset gets a break. Somerset is notified of Mill's new case and gives um, pieces. Of, he's given pieces of plastic that they found in the fat man's stomach uh, that were clearly fed to him. And I think the captain's the one that gave uh, Somerset those those three shards of plastic. Yeah, on the little bottle. Yeah. 
Um, investigating the large man's home, Somerset finds the pieces of plastic are actually from the floor right in front of the refrigerator. He pulls out the fridge, and behind it, there's a poem and has the word gluttony uh, written in grease. Somerset tells Captain that there will be five more because they are the seven deadly sins and again says he cannot be involved with this case. He's set to retire. Somerset hits the library while Mills reviews pictures from the case. Somerset makes a list of books for Mills to review that he believes will help with the case. Now it's Wednesday. Mills looks into the suggested books, getting upset because they're all poetry books. Mills takes over Somerset's office and they have an awkward exchange while he moves in. Mills' wife calls and asks to speak with uh, Detective Somerset, inviting him over for dinner later that evening. The men arrive at Mills' apartment. Tracy introduces herself to Somerset and Mills plays with their dogs. Uh, Tracy and Mills are high school sweethearts. Somerset was close to being married once and has lived in the city far too long. Um, they bought an, okay. So Mills and Tracy bought an apartment, which they did not realize was close to the subway system because like every, I forget, I think they say how long it is, but like when this freaking train thing goes by, dude, the whole apartment shakes and they have to like grab their <laughs> drinks on yeah, the table. Funny. I was like, Oh my God, how terrible. Uh, after dinner, they look at the case files, finding that gold, which I believe was the, um, uh, lawyer, he was forced to cut a pound of flesh from his own body. They believe that the killer's following the work of Dante and making the victims atone for their sins. They found no relation between the victims, no fingerprints, and no witnesses of any kind. They find that a they find a pic of Gold's wife that was in his office, and she has circles written around her eyes. Um, and they realize that a picture on the wall is upside down. So they take the picture of the crime scene to uh, the lawyer's wife, and she tells them that one of the pictures in the office are upside down. That was a lot. So anyway, um, let's jump back to this shitty apartment. How fucking mad would you be if you spent all this money to move to this city, and then you have this shitty... Yeah, I know. <laughs> Shaky-ass apartment. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I really like that scene, and I like that they were like laughing about it. That's what I was getting ready to say. Like, what other option do you have other than laughing? Because I'm assuming they bought the like it's probably they probably didn't rent it because didn't they say that they bought it because they worked with a real estate agent? I'm pretty sure, and he even said, "Oh, now it makes sense why he only brought us here in like five minute increments." Mm-hmm. That's what he said about the ink. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I it happens like throughout the night and everything, doesn't it? Yeah, because mm-hmm. Morgan says something like vibrating home, and then they start laughing. <laughs> uh. I do like here where you see Mills and Somerset talking to the captain because Mills or Somerset wants nothing to do with this case and Mills is like all gung-ho, mm-hmm. I'll take it myself. And I think this is where uh, Somerset says this should not be your first right. case. Yeah, it is. And then they, he gets reassigned and after he leaves, um, I think Somerset again tells the captain like you, you should not let him have this case. Like Basically, it's going to ruin him. So he knows from the get-go that it's going to be bad. But you can like clearly tell the differences between Mills and Somerset. Like Mills is, again, rambunctious and like thinks he's going to come into the city. Well, he's like young. He's a new, you know, detective. Right. So, you know. Well, and when he's like, you've seen what I've done before, right? Like basically <laughs> like I can handle this. Yeah. But then you have like Somerset who is like probably was that guy and just sees mm-hmm. that you can't change. Like the city is the city. Yeah. He's just mm-hmm. been around. He's seen some shit. Which I think that maybe it's because Brad Pitt and Morgan Freeman are both good actors. Maybe that's... I, I just feel like the way they interact and the vibes you get from you can tell. Because I don't think Somerset, again, is being like a... It's not he just doesn't like this guy. He's just like, this is... The city's going to ruin you. Right. And yeah. they start working together now once, you know, in the apartment scene. They start looking right. at the pictures and so it's like, okay. 
Did you notice the circles around the eyes at first? Mm-hmm. You did see it? Yeah. See, I didn't see it. I was like, what the fuck are these guys talking about? I like how Mills is reading Cliff's notes of all the books. He, yeah, he didn't <laughs> read the... And then he's like, oh, this fucking poetry. Yeah. <laughs> then drops the F word. Oh, that F word. Yeah. yeah. I was like, damn. It was 96. It was probably 95. Like, uh, 95. Yeah. And people weren't very intelligent, Seth. I wonder if they still have Cliff's notes. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, you can get them know. on um, Audible. You can like, if you, <laughs> yes, if you search a book on Audible, you can get a book about the book. Like, let's say Stephen King's The Shining. You can download an Audible book that tells you what happens in The Shining. Oh, so basically Cliff's Notes. It's st- like, why would you do that? Well, it's a lot shorter, obviously, but maybe if you were cramming for an exam or something. It's just what we did in school. You did? Mm-hmm. You didn't want to read the fucking book. <laughs> That's terrible. <laughs> But usually teachers would ask questions that they knew were not mm-hmm. in the Cliff's Notes version. Jess, did you like the interaction between Somerset and Mills? Did you think they did a good job? I did. Like, and it got better, obviously, as it went on. I felt like it was kind of awkward from at the start. And, you know, he's kind of like taking his position. And oh. you can tell it's like he's trying to warn him or maybe like scare him off a little or something. Like, but yeah, I liked it. I thought that was good. Did you get the vibe that maybe Somerset? Because like it's, I got it when um, Mills was moving into his office. Did you get the vibe that he was kind of like didn't really want to pass the torch yet? Like it, this, it felt weird. Yeah, because I feel like he could have just maybe not been in the office anymore. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, why did he have to stay there just for his last, you know, few days or whatever? I can't remember if it was like he had a week or two left, but. I think that he could have probably <laughs> just passed the reins over and like right dipped out. Like, why did he have to stay in there? But I think he cared too. I agree. Yeah. Like, I don't think he wanted to leave. Mm-hmm. I just don't know if maybe he's like at his wits end or what. Yeah. But yeah, I agree. I don't think that he really want because it wasn't like he was being forced out. I don't think he like was leaving on his own yeah. accord. But it was still like awkward. Mm-hmm. So I, I guess it probably would be though, really. It was just like when that guy was like scratching the, his name off of the door and he's like, can you just not do that? Yes. <laughs> Gonna get. It also makes you wonder though, if he was like worried about being forgotten. It's going to be that too. Mm-hmm. Replaced. Kinda, you know, yeah. I kind of you know. got that vibe. Cause like once he's gone, like, is anybody really going to remember? Like, and he probably did do a lot of good for the city, but mm-hmm. like, is anybody going to remember that once? I kind of got that from that, that scene where they're cutting his name off the door. True. But I don't know. What do I know? Scene three. A picture is worth a thousand words. They revisit the man's office, remove the painting, and find fingerprints on the wall. While they wait on a match, Somerset and Mills have a heart-to-heart about what the job actually is and entails. Somerset is withered and tired. Mills is excited and eager. The captain walks in on Thursday to Mills and Somerset asleep on the... uh, a bench waiting on the results to come back. They did find a match with a mentally ill man who's been in trouble for molestation. The entire precinct takes off to find the man, but Somerset has his doubts. Mills tells a story of the first time pulling his gun out on uh, on the job and is upset he can't remember the name of the cop who was shot and killed during the raid. The team busts into the apartment, finding the man in a room with car air fresheners hung from the ceiling. The man is strapped to a bed with IVs going into his arm. In a box, Mills finds a picture of the man dating back days... Uh, two years ago so it's a whole plethora of pictures ranging from a couple days to years before the man looks like a skeleton and has one officer as one officer bends down he darts back 
to life, scaring Mills, Somerset, and the officer. The man had been hooked up to the IV, given an antibiotic so that his bed sores didn't get infected, and his brain was essentially mush at this point, but he's also chewed through his own tongue some time ago. Uh, is it written on the sloth written on the wall here? Or how did they know it was sloth? It was written somewhere. I can't remember. I don't remember where it was. Yeah, I don't either. I don't know if it was written. This scene, though, where the... So they basically... Uh, they bring the fingerprints in. They're going through the fingerprints. And the guy's like, dude, this takes a few days. Like, can you guys give me some space? So they just go outside of that guy's office and fall asleep on a bench. Yeah. And I thought it was funny <laughs> when the captain walks in because they're like leaned up against each other like sleeping which it was like, okay, you kind of see like their bond at this mm-hmm. point that like they do actually like each other. Oh my God, that computer mm-hmm. that the fingerprints were on. <laughs> so 90s. <laughs> like God, that would take forever. I really think once he like met um, his wife, Gwyneth. Tracy. <laughs> Gwen. Tracy. Um, that that's maybe when they started to get closer to like, he's like, okay, he's like a family guy and he has a nice wife. Like, I think that that, like made their transition into their like kind of friendship. Yeah, I think so too. I also wonder if maybe he sees that he really does. Like he's not just there for a paycheck or, or whatever. I think he really does want to do good. Mm-hmm. Um, the scene is so gross. Yeah. This, this is the one that did me in when I was younger, dude. It's just like, and I knew it was going to happen and it was still mm-hmm. like, uh, it's definitely the worst death of them all when he's like alive still. Mm-hmm. Cause he like has he been how long did they say he was in this bed? It was years, a year, oh, a year, a year. A I think. year. Yeah. Okay, but, it was like right up in his face. <laughs> oh, he was I like, know. <laughs> but this guy was like a, a scumbag, right? He was Wasn't a child he a, molester and a drug dealer, I think. Yeah, that's what it was. Because mm-hmm. the guy that leans down says something like, "You got what you deserved," or something like that. That's yeah. right. The cop that leans down does say that. And he sits up. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine how bad it smelled in there. Ugh. Imagine I can't eating believe your he own still tongue. Be alive. Yeah. Like, yeah. Well, I mean, he, they said he, what they gave him antibiotics. Mm-hmm. So I guess mm-hmm. I don't know. What? Well, how awful? Yeah. Ick. Can you imagine eating your own tongue? Mm-mm. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You think he looked like the Crypt Keeper a little bit? Kind of. Yeah. <laughs> bye bye. Got to. Uh, I don't know if this would be the worst death or one we're about to hear about here in a few. Um, this probably this is up there. That's the longest one. Like it's a long, yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Like it's a this a torture thing. But I don't. I guess I'll talk about it later. Scene four. Tracy looks for a friend. Somerset gets a call from Tracy asking if they can talk in the morning. Friday rolls around. They grab breakfast. She's having a hard time adjusting and wants to talk to someone who's lived in the city for a long time. They're from upstate. She was a teacher. She can't find a job in the city, and he she tells him that she's pregnant and also hates the city. Uh, which Mills does not know she's pregnant. I found it a little weird that she tells this guy, but uh, this info sparks Somerset to tell Tracy a story about his ex-girlfriend being pregnant. He couldn't imagine bringing a child into this world. He pushed the woman to get rid of the baby. As they wait for more evidence, Mills begins to go stir crazy. Somerset talks about the will the killer has to keep a man bound up for an entire year while keeping him alive. Mills continues to call the killer names as Somerset tells him he disagrees. They grab lunch, pay a guy $100, and Somerset explains how the library has historically been monitored by the police for reading habits by the FBI. 
Uh, on the list they obtain, they find one book that sticks out about the seven deadly sins, checked out by a Jonathan Doe, and go to investigate the man's apartment. When they knock with no answer, a man walks down the hallway and starts to openly shoot at Mills in Somerset, missing narrowly. Mills chases the man as he continues to fire shots at him, again, narrowly missing him. In an alley, John Doe gets the better of Mills from on top of a truck, knocking him down and grabbing his gun. With his own gun to his head, Mills is saved by Somerset, but John Doe runs off. Mills and Somerset can't enter John Doe's apartment without a warrant, so they pay someone to make a claim that the man was suspicious and going out during the same time that the murders happened, leading to a warrant. Okay, so that was a lot. So basically, long story short, Somerset tells Mills that if they pay this FBI guy $100, he can uh, basically give them information from the libraries Mm -hmm. as to who's checking out what books. Yep. Because the FBI is monitoring everybody's library cards or what? I guess. Does that mm-hmm. fucking sound like they would do that? Probably back then. Do you think so? Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised. It sounds like a lot of work. Mm-hmm. Well, it's probably computerized. Okay. Huh. What do they get from that? Just who's checking out what books? I guess if you're trying to like profile a serial killer or something, uh, maybe yeah, see what they're looking into or mm-hmm. whatever. And then I guess if you like, let's say Ted Bundy mm-hmm. checked out the set of books yeah. and then you monitor other people that look for the, which I guess if it was somebody mm-hmm. obsessed with him, they may read them anyway, but I guess you could theoretically. I'm sure it went into like, you know, people looking up chemistry books or how to make certain kind of bomb, you know, uh, I'm sure that kind of stuff too. Yeah. That would yeah. make more sense yeah. to me interesting yeah i thought that was interesting so so they paid this guy which uh jess did you notice that was bobby from sons of anarchy yep (laughs) i was like holy shit he was just in something else we watched too wasn't he uh yes he was in uh i still know he did last summer he's the guy at the pawn shop yeah so anyway uh, did you guys also find it weird that she calls somerset and asks to have breakfast and tells him that she's pregnant a little bit yeah i mean i kind of got it because she was like you're the only person i know here Mm. i just need to talk to somebody else but Mm. like she can't call like family or a friend like i don't know yeah i got the vibe too that maybe she's not close with anybody that's probably what that's what i was thinking Mm. But still, I'm like, yeah, it seems a little weird. Like, she would tell him before she would tell mills and then let's say she doesn't keep the baby now if Mills ever finds out that Somerset knew. Yeah. I don't know why she didn't tell him. We never really got into that. I almost wonder if she was wanted him to talk her out of keeping the baby. Maybe. Because she, I think she probably got that he thinks the city is t- a terrible place, which mm-hmm. he tells her he wouldn't want to raise a kid there. But still, it's like. I that was kind of a weird conversation, I feel like. Hmm. How old do you think he's supposed to be in this movie? Who? Um, Somerset. Well, he said he's retiring, so I'm guessing he's 50s or 60s. Probably 60s, I yeah. would think. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. And Brad is clearly a homophobe. Do you think so? Well, then when they're sitting there eating, they're sitting next to each other, and he's like, can I sit across from you so people don't think we're dating? <laughs> oh, I didn't catch that. Did he really? <laughs> yeah, so I don't know if they're trying to make him some kind of hillbilly or what. but You think all hillbillies are homophobes, huh? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> and I do like how Mills thinks that this guy's a lunatic and Somerset's like, no, you know, don't necessarily think that. Right. But he's crazy, you know. 
Yeah, yeah, because Mills is like calling him names mm, and talking about how yeah. he's some fucking freak or whatever. And Somerset is like, mm. you shouldn't assume that, you know. Which honestly, most of these like it's this is obviously very well thought out. It's very well planned, mm-hmm. very detail oriented. I feel like I'm at a job interview, but like. <laughs> Obviously, somebody who's just spontaneously crazy isn't going to be putting together something that's elaborate. Right. Mm-hmm. So I think I, that also shows the inexperience that Mills has, which mm-hmm. is likely maybe why now thinking through it, talking with you guys, is why Somerset was probably like, this should not be his first case. Right. Yeah. He's clearly not ready. But and the, he's a homophobe. And he's a homophobe. But the, cha- <laughs> the chase scene was good. And again, we see like more gross apartments. Yeah, could you imagine uh, sitting in your apartment watching TV and this the guy just runs through and jumps out the window? And that one apartment, like how many fucking people were living in there? A lot. It yeah. Was like, Jesus. A lot. But it was good. It was suspenseful. And I also <laughs> liked in this scene where um, Morgan Free, uh, Mil- uh, Somerset, Jesus, is like, we can't, because Brad Pitt, damn it, Mills wants to go in the apartment and get evidence. And Somerset's like, if we go in there, everything mm-hmm. that we get is going to be inadmissible. Yeah, he was being annoying in this scene, too. Mills. Yes. And then he, like, pays somebody to say, basically say, yeah, this guy was going out during weird hours, etc. So I was like, that's kind of shady. Like, I didn't, I felt like it was kind of a different character than we saw because i feel like mills was supposed to be this like goody goody mm-hmm. minus the homophobe goody goody like wants to do good by the book guy versus you see here where he's like now nah, i'm like maybe this dude's shady yeah i mean i could see that think- or he's just frustrated because of what just happened i think you were supposed to and maybe in 95 that's the way it was looked at but it was supposed to look like he was being clever mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. in 2022 i'm sitting here like this dude's kind of kind of it's not a good look no. not a good look mills <laughs> <laughs> but um yeah so john doe gets the better of him and and we kind of get to see john doe and he does not like a menacing overly powerful person no nope. he just looks like a normal guy and he could have easily killed mills right then right which mm-hmm. later you find out why i think right. why he doesn't but in that scene it almost looks like somerset saves him he still could have shot him well for sure yeah for sure a long enough break mm-hmm. which may also leads into somerset's theory that this guy's not just a crazy lunatic that wants to kill people he's like killing people for a reason he has a plan he's not just yes. randomly yeah agreed yeah scene five inside john doe's place somerset and mills research the apartment or i'm sorry they search the apartment finding pictures and journals inside mills finds a picture of himself from the hallway believes the killer is the cameraman that he went off on earlier in the movie while going through the apartment the phone rings and it's john doe calling the two detectives he called to express his admiration for them because they did find him now it's saturday mills and somerset hit a leather shop that john doe had used for one of his crimes while they're there uh they're notified that there's been another body found they found the blonde they found a blonde girl from the pictures so there was a girl in the pictures in john doe's apartment and this is the girl that they found dead we find out that john doe made a man wear a knife dildo he held him at gunpoint and made him have sex with the woman until she died. Mills and Somerset stop for a drink after work, and Mills asks him why he's running from the city. Somerset can't be somewhere that apathy is a virtue. It's easier to lose yourself in drugs than to cope with your actual life. It's easier to steal what you want from someone else who has earned it. Mills tells Somerset he doesn't think he truly believes that, and that he'll never believe that. He can't believe that. 
and Somerset tells Mills that he's being naive. Mills goes home and snuggles Tracy in bed, while Somerset throws a knife at a dartboard and busts his metronome. I think this is the worst death. I made a note of that, yes. You, that, I think you, so as well. No? I don't know. I mean, it just wouldn't be as it wouldn't last as long. But I think it would be awful. Yeah, it would hurt. It's a mat like, like, f- yeah, for like, it's like terrible for both parties because mm-hmm. the guy has to do it, not wanting to do it, and the girl obviously would be very bad for her, like having stabbed mm-hmm. vagina with a knife. Unless you're into that sort of thing. Um, <laughs> duh, it's good. I thought the actor that played the guy that had to kill the girl with the knife. I thought he did really well because you mm-hmm. could see like, cause he did not obviously want to do it. Right. But why was yeah. he buying prostitutes? Is that why? Yeah. 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 And was she a prostitute? Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they must have been going to hook up and then John Doe intervened and mm-hmm. made them both do that. And I really like this interrogation scene where it was showing the two different rooms. Mm-hmm. And then at the end where they're both like clearly defeated, like they can't figure out, you know? Yeah. It was a good scene. Um, and the sex shop looked fun. <laughs> <laughs> was that a sex shop or a leather shop? I don't know. It looked like they made sex toys and things. Why obviously. would he make a knife dildo for this guy? I don't know. Like, wouldn't you? Wouldn't that be a red flag to you guys? Like, uh, yeah, this guy came. I would like be like call the cop. Yeah, this guy came in and ordered a no, knife. No, because what dildo? were you going to use that for? <laughs> that fucking picture. I was like, oh my god. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> oh, the so dildo. Up. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Um that actor did do a really good job though. Mm, like yeah. I mean he just looked like completely out of sorts. Like he was all fucked up looking and just you could tell he was like out of his mind about it. Yeah. I again I think that he did and that was during the interrogation scene, mm-hmm. which like you said was really good. Um I also thought the a really good acted scene was the conversation between Mills and Somerset when Somerset's basically telling him why he wants out of the city. Yeah. But then you still see Mills, which is crazy to me because Somerset's lived in the city his whole life and this is what he's done for his entire career. But yet you have Mills telling him he's in, you're, you're wrong. Yeah. <laughs> but I, do you think Mills is right and that Somerset really doesn't believe that? That's just why what he's saying? Maybe. Yeah, possibly. How about John's apartment? A creepy ass fucking place. Mm. Yeah. Like That's, all the walls are black and like, and did he did he do his own pictures? Was did that was, like, did he develop his I own think pictures? So, yeah. Okay, because yeah. they were hanging up, weren't they? Yeah, and he had that little twin bed with the light up cross above it, and so you know he's like a religious freak. Mm. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think of what that reminded me of. That apartment. It was another movie, but I can't remember what. What it the is. hell was wrong with Mill's flashlight? Like, why? Did we even have to I have it? <laughs> it was getting on my nerves. I wonder <laughs> if it was actually like they didn't mean for it to do that. Like I thought I maybe it was, I thought maybe you would have a thing on it. Wasn't in your 194 I, fun facts. I didn't see anything about the annoying flashlight going on and off. Just John Doe's apartment reminds me of Paul Dano's apartment in the Batman. Okay. Yeah, I see that. Okay. I was like, why, why just fucking watch this? Why can't I think of that? Yeah. It's very similar, like eerily similar, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. Then so all then those, that does make a lot of sense that they like pulled from this movie. <laughs> yeah. But all those diaries he had written. It's the same in the Batman yeah, with the that? Riddler. Yeah. It's like mm. his apartment is like, it's just like that. Is it? I mean, pictures, yeah. books, all that shit. Yeah. Creepy. 
Yeah. It's kind of what it looks like down here. Um, yeah, I guess. <laughs> sure. So uh, this last scene with Summer, uh, with yeah Somerset, where he's like throwing the knife at the dartboard, and then he breaks his metronome. Like, did you take that as him being upset that he can't outsmart John Doe, or did you take it as him not really wanting to leave the police force? Because I have mixed feelings on it. I think it's kind of both. Yeah, I mean, clearly he's frustrated they can't get ahead of this guy. <laughs> See, I didn't. Obviously, he's worried about that, but I also thought maybe he was upset that. Because Brad Pitt or Mills is tells him like I don't believe that for a second. You really feel that way. So I almost wonder if he was upset that Mills was questioning him, making him think. Oh, maybe I could see that too. That maybe he didn't want to leave. Yeah, hmm. I just think like he has this internal struggle through this whole movie that like comes out on both sides of it. Because you see him upset about the John Doe thing. Because he, I think he is the more methodical detective versus Mills, who's kind of the go in and beat everybody up mm-hmm. version but then you also have mills who's like wants to love the city and do great things with the city but then you have somerset who's like negative and just wants out but then i think you kind of see that character arc to where he's like maybe i don't really want to like maybe i do actually enjoy doing this well and i think he likes working with mills too yeah. i think that's kind of like a huh you know yeah they maybe could be i do want to stay you know and the other thing I wonder too with people like this that have have like put their career like their career is their hobby like what is he gonna do right and like captain even says that to him like what are you gonna do now so I think like as he's eerily nearing that point of his career he's probably I think he's probably like fuck am I gonna do if I retire Mm -hmm. what am I gonna do if I quit podcasting I don't know thank you interpretive (laughs) dance Maybe. Scene six, Pride. The boys are called to a crime scene. This one is for Pride. A woman is dead with a phone glued to her hand and is horribly disfigured. Somerset tells Mills he'd like to stay on for a few more days as they roll up to the police station. Just then, a man gets out of a cab and walks slowly behind the two men saying, Detective, finally screaming at it because they won't pay attention to him, and telling Mills that he's the one they're looking for. We see John Doe covered in blood. His fingertips have been removed, and he's got gauze and tape on his fingertips. The man lays down and tells them he'd like to speak with his lawyer. John Doe dips a tea bag (laughs) while talking to his lawyer. They find out that he's independently wealthy, well-educated, and has been cutting off his fingertips for some time. Mills and Somerset agree that... that he's too close to completing his masterpiece to just quit and turn himself in. John Doe says there are two more bodies. He'll only take Mills and Somerset to the site at 6 p.m. If they do not take the deal, he'll plead insanity across the board. If they accept, he'll sign a full confession and sign it right now. The men find out that John Doe had blood from his fingertips, blood from a previous woman he'd killed, and blood from an unidentified third person. Mills and Somerset shave their chest, presumably for a wire, I'm guessing, but it's a kind of a weird scene. They joke about cutting off their nipples, and Mills makes a comment about coming home late, worrying his wife. They load John Doe into a car. Mills and Somerset take off, and we see a helicopter follow them. Dude, would it not be absolutely fucking deflating to be working your ass off to try to catch this guy, to try to get in front of what he's doing. And then he's just like, hey, here I am. Just shows up, you know. Yeah. Like, what a mind fuck that was. Mm-hmm. And you know that he's not done. Right. Like like, yeah. like Somerset said, like, why would he just turn himself mm-hmm. in? Or maybe Mills says it. One of them does. Well, I think it may be Mills. I think this is where we see Mills actually start to like start playing chess like mm-hmm. Somerset does to where he's not just thinking, okay, this guy's which then in the car scene later, you kind of don't get that vibe though. 
like the it, fact that he's like covered in blood and you already know like right it's like oh no when i was going to ask you guys if they had found if the blood had been just from himself from cutting his fingertips off and the blood from the um pride the woman mm-hmm. from the pride if they hadn't found that third person's blood the unidentified person's blood do you think they still would have done it probably you think so yeah because why would he have gone through all this planning and then just all of a sudden be done with it yeah without yeah. finishing <sighs> when mills and um mills and somerset were in the bathroom uh mills was gonna say something to somerset before he walked out do you remember that yeah because i have it written down he says you know and then never finishes it what do you think he was gonna say i don't know jess do you have any idea or thoughts? I don't know. I just had the note about him saying, if I were to shave off a nipple, would it be covered by workman's comp? <laughs> 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 and they were like both laughing about it. Yeah. Well, at first I was like, what are they doing? Like well, it, for a wire. Yeah. Well, then I was like, for yeah. a wire. I was like, it's I was like, why are they shaving? I was like, it'd be one thing they're in there shaving their faces, I guess, because mm-hmm. I think like people may have done that then. I don't know. But it was like, okay, I get it for the wire. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know what he was going to say to him. I don't know. We'll never know. Yeah, we won't. And with um, these movies, I always wonder like how these lawyers can defend these people. Well, doesn't <laughs> Mills like get shitty with the guy about... Mm-hmm. But, like, yeah. How would you like sleep at night knowing you like... I don't know. Like, I, I mean, I, I guess that that's, it's just a thing. It's another job, you know? Yeah. It's like being like a coroner. Who the fuck wants to do that? <laughs> uh, yeah, but I mean, like, what if he got him off? Yeah. How would you be able to... I'd look at it more. I mean, of course, what this guy's doing is terrible, but like, like pedophiles and like people that molest kids. Like, how could you? I would. How could you sleep at night knowing? And let's say you got the person off on a technicality, right? Like you knew they did it, but you got them off anyway. I don't know. They don't care. Hard. I guess if the money's good, but even like mm-hmm. public defenders have to defend these people, right? Yeah, they don't get a lot of money. I don't think. Yeah, so why do it? I don't know. Uh, I don't know. I couldn't do it. Maybe you just don't care. I I don't know. If anybody out there is a prestige lawyer who defends scumbags and you listen to our show, please let us know (laughs) what your mindset is. Yeah, please DM us and let us know. Oh, man. Dude, when they get into this car and and like he's in the back seat, he just looks so creepy. Mm -hmm. Kevin Spacey. Mm -hmm. I forgot he was in this. Well, they didn't have him in any of the advertising for it, I don't think. Oh. Like, I don't think that they had him on any of the posters. He didn't do any of the press or anything for it. Am I ruining your fun facts? I'm sorry. I'll show no. you. Oh. Um, but it does kind of remind me of, like, Hannibal Lecter a little bit. Like, mm. just his demeanor. And I wonder if that's kind of what he was trying to mimic. Maybe. Yeah. I could see that. Just very calm and, you know. Really I was going to say, he stays super, like, calm and collected. I think that's, like, the creepiest thing. Mm-hmm. The one part, though, where he does get a little wacky is when they're ignoring him. Yeah. Like, detective. Detective. Mm-hmm. detective. Then he finally screams it. Mm-hmm. So I was like, eh. But I, I think we do see him get rattled here in a minute. Detective. Detective. Scene seven, the drive. While driving, Somerset questions John Doe as to whom he is. He says it doesn't matter who he is. 
Doe tells them that he's not anyone special. He's never been exceptional, but this is his work. Mills tells him that in two weeks, two months, no one is going to remember or care who he was. Doe tells him that he hasn't seen the whole picture, but wait until he sees it. Mills tells him he'll be right there with him when the whole thing unfolds. Doe replies, oh, won't miss a thing, smiling. The car drives out into the county. After Mills insults Doe continuously, Somerset tries to relate with Doe on a moral level, asking him that if he was chosen by a higher power, why does he get such pleasure out of killing people? Doe then goes on a rant about how awful his victims were, and finishing by saying that only in a world this shitty could you say these people were innocent with a straight face. Doe tells Mills he should be thanking him. He's there because he wants to be, remember? After this is over, he'll be remembered by everyone. They wouldn't have caught him, and Mills is only alive because Doe let him live after breaking his face. He gets the better of Mills as Mills gets upset and starts to scream at him as the group arrive at the site in the middle of nowhere with only a bunch of power lines to be seen. So I love the dialogue between these three in this car. This car scene isn't that long. No, it's not. And I like the foreshadowing where he's like, you won't miss a thing. Right. Because like, mm-hmm. right. I had forgotten what happened at the end of this. Honestly. Oh, really? Yeah, I couldn't remember. Oh, man. But like you see, and it's so funny because like you see Mills is trying to get John Doe. Like, oh, he's trying to get him off his game. He's trying right? to get a rise out of him. And yeah, he doesn't. And he can't. And then Somerset starts to talk to him on like a like a normal, mm-hmm. like just a conversation. And then he opens up. But everything he says is things that Somerset hasn't directly said in the movie, but it, he mimics all the same viewpoints as Somerset, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which I'm like, okay, I never g- had that connection before, but like, I'm wondering if sitting there, if Somerset is agreeing with him. Kind of. I mean, it kind of seems that way. Well, and that kind of even ties right back into him saying, don't assume that he's crazy. Right. And honestly, and, and not that I'm justifying what John Doe did, but the people that he killed were not good people. With no. the exception of the, the guy at the beginning, I don't know. Anything. Did they say, other than him being overweight? No, they didn't say anything else about him. But like the lawyer defended bad people. Mm-hmm. Um, the Sloth dude was a rapist or whatever. Yes. The prostitute and the guy that was... Did the guy have a family or something? Yeah. It was... Doing, yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um the woman with the phone glued to her hand, I don't really remember anything about her. That was, she was like a fashion model or something. Okay, so I don't know if they said she was bad, but vain, clearly. Vain, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's like I'm sitting there, I'm like, oh, you know, he's not really, not really wrong. Because he's like, because didn't Morgan Freeman say something when he was talking to Tracy about he couldn't bring a child into a, a world like this? Mm-hmm. And then you see John Doe talking. Honest, it was like eerily similar to what mm-hmm. he told Tracy. So it was like, wow, this was really well written. Basically saying how shitty everybody is, pretty much. Mm. But then you got Mills, who's just like still. Because I thought I was like, okay, at the at the police station, I'm like, okay, he made like a breakthrough. Like he's finally playing chess, like Somerset plays. And then he, we're in the car, and he's just like calling the guy. Which again, I don't know if they did this on purpose. Like if he was good cop, bad cop thing, maybe right. Like you never mm-hmm. see it said, but it honestly like diminishes Mills's character for me in this scene. Yeah. He kind of, yeah. But I mean, the acting is really good. Brad Pitt does mm-hmm. a great job mm-hmm. in the acting. It's just like the character. Cause I feel like we were seeing this character development and then it kind of just like backpedals here. Yep. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah. All right. So we're out in the middle of nowhere now. So scene eight, the final scene. Mills gets Doe out of the car. Somerset says there's a dog dead, to which Doe replies, I didn't do that, which was kind of funny. Uh, Doe asks for the time. Somerset says it's 7.01. Doe says it's almost time, and let's go have a look. As they walk into the deserted field, a van comes flying down the road. Somerset gets in the car, drives toward the van. Doe tells Mills he's glad they get some time to talk. At gunpoint, uh, the driver gets out of the van, tells Somerset not to shoot him. A guy paid him $500 to bring this package to Detective David Mills at exactly 7 p.m., Somerset checks his wallet and makes the driver run away after finding out that he is just a delivery driver. Meanwhile, in the distance, Doe tells Mills he really does admire him. Somerset opens the box, finding blood. Doe tells Mills he's made quite the life for him. He should be very proud. Somerset jumps when he sees what's in the box, turning, looking at Mills and Doe. Somerset tells the chopper to stay out. Doe has the upper hand. Somerset runs toward them, screaming at Mills to put his gun down. Doe says that he admires his life with Tracy. He purchased information from someone at the precinct and went to Mills' house this morning after Mills had left, tried to play house with Tracy, but failed miserably. So he took a souvenir, her pretty little head, just as Somerset approaches. Mills asks Somerset to tell him what's in the box. He actually screams at multiple times. Doe says envy was his sin, envying Mills' normal life. He wants Mills to become Wrath and plead with him to become it. So he's pleading with him to become Wrath. Doe tells Mills that she begged for her life and the life of the baby that was inside of her, realizing that Mills had no clue Tracy was pregnant. And then he fucking has this creepy-ass smile he does, dude. Somerset tells Mills that if he kills Doe, he'll win. Mills cries, sees a flashback of Tracy, and then shoots Doe multiple times, completing John Doe's work. The seven deadly sins have been completed. We see Mills taken away in a cop car. His captain says that they'll take care of him, and Somerset says whatever he needs, make sure he gets it. He then tells the captain that he'll be around. The movie ends with a quote from Ernest Hemingway, the world is a fine place and worth fighting for. Mills says he agrees with the second part. The end. How did you forget what happened? Because I haven't seen it in 25 years. But that's like the whole movie. Like that's yeah, what I, I forgot. Mean. That was the main thing I remembered. <laughs> yeah. This is just how it ends? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I was so annoyed that Somerset didn't just tackle him. Mills? Yes. Why? Because he knew he was going to shoot him. You didn't want him to shoot him? No, because then he won. Mm. What would you have done, Jess? I probably would have shot him. Me too. I, I don't think I would have just shot him. I would have beaten, like, it would have been... Yeah, that would have been a better option. Just beat the shit out of him. Or I would have, like, shot him right in the dick. Or, like, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I would have shot him right in the dick. <laughs> oh, dude, I think Brad Pitt's acting in this scene is really good. It is. It is. I was just annoyed with him. Because he, like, loses his mind. Like, mm-hmm. I don't even think he knows what he's saying. Because he's, like like... I don't know how many times he says what's in the box, but like his voice is cracking Mm. and like, Mm -hmm. like not only did he kill his wife and like he explains to him how he did it and like right after he left to go to work Mm -hmm. and then finding out that she's pregnant, pregnant. like how could you even like process all of that in that short amount of time? I mean, you couldn't. I almost wish that Somerset had shot him instead of Mills. Mm-hmm. Since he was going out anyways, kind of. And he knew yeah. he knew Mills was going to kill him. Yeah. Yeah. Now that screwed up Mills' life. I don't think. I think like, the captain was saying we'll take care of him. Meaning like they're like nothing's going to come of it. But like his. Know. But like his life is ruined after that. Oh yeah. I mean, and that's going to fuck him up forever. Like he, he's not going to come back from that. No. He wanted to move there. He was all like. 
I don't know. And it's so crazy because it's like this whole time through this whole movie, he's trying to tell Somerset that like, no, the city can change. We can change it and make it a better place. And then you see this, it just ate yeah. him up. Yeah. But, um, all right. I can't believe you forgot that. Yeah. I think I've only seen this one time, but it was then. I couldn't remember if you saw the head in the box, which you died mm-hmm. in mine. You did not. No, no yours. No. Okay. I'm I don't s- think any of them that they ever show it. If this movie were made today, you'd definitely be seeing the head in the box. I kind of liked it better that you didn't. I agree. Because well, plus you don't really know, right? Right. Huh. Oh, last thing. It was comical when he gets out of the car and Mills is, or Somerset's like, oh, it's just a dead dog. And he's like, I didn't do that. I didn't do that. <laughs> I like All when right. he rips the wallet chain off the <laughs> delivery oh, yeah. driver. It's funny. <laughs> you get a wallet chain, didn't you? I did. All right. Let's jump over to fun facts with Seth. <laughs> New Line executives originally balked at the film's ending, but Brad Pitt refused to make the film if the ending was changed. Brad Pitt wanted the ending? Mm-hmm. Really? Uh, Brad Pitt bought all of his own ties for the movie. He wanted Mills to have poor fashion sense. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Which kind of makes sense because they did always look kind of like frumpy looking. I See, I yeah. thought that too, but then I was like, I feel like people in the 90s, that's just how they dressed. Like, look at Chandler Bing. He always looked frumpy. That's true. Mm-hmm. Pleated pants and all that. Uh, Brad Pitt fell while filming the scene in which Mills chases John Doe in the rain. Pitt's arm went through a car windshield requiring surgery. The accident was worked into the script. Coincidentally, the original script called for Detective Mills to be injured during the sequence. Really? Yeah. So he really did put his arm through the window? Yeah. Hmm. I guess it wasn't planned. Poor Brad. Denzel Washington turned down the part that went to Brad Pitt, telling Entertainment Weekly that the film was too dark and evil. Washington later regretted his decision upon seeing a screening. Didn't he do the movie Fallen, which is just as dark as this? What year did Fallen come out? I don't... Do you remember that movie? Yeah. He's like a cop. I feel like he's done plenty of, like, dark... In The Bone Collector? Wasn't that pretty dark? Yeah. Yeah. Wasn't Along Came a Spider him, too? No, that's Morgan Freeman. Mm -hmm. Go ahead. Oh, I thought you were looking something up. I am. Uh, David Fisher Fincher. Fincher said he wanted someone who was incredibly skinny, around 90 pounds, to play Victor. Is that the sloth? That's the sloth guy, right? Oh, yeah. I had yeah. When Michael Reed McKay auditioned, he weighed 96 pounds. Fincher gave him the part and jokingly told him to lose some more weight. Much to his surprise, McKay <laughs> had lost another six pounds when filming started. No kidding. Ugh. That's like um, yeah. Christian Bale in The Machine. Have you ever seen that? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Oh, he looks terrible. How they do that stuff. Yeah, Fallen came out in 98, so three years after this. I wonder if this was him trying to make up for not being for it. The filmmakers decided it should always be raining for two reasons. It added a sense of dread, and they never had to worry about bad weather. Mm, That's true. Mm. All of Joan Doe's books were real books written for the film. They took two months to complete and cost $15,000. Who wrote them? It doesn't say. Really? Is Joan Doe uh, John Doe's sister, or...? No, John Doe. You said Joe. Did I? <laughs> uh, this was the seventh highest grossing film in 1995. The seventh? Mm-hmm. Really? Because it had said 327 million. I wonder what the other ones were. I don't know. Which is uh, creepy since it's called seven. Yeah. Oh, actually, <laughs> oh, that is. true. <laughs> uh, for the gluttony scene, seven crates of cockroaches were released on the set and poured on Bob Mack. So that was the big dude. Something had to be put in Mac's ears and nose to stop the cockroaches from crawling in. It didn't stop them from crawling into his underwear. <laughs> what did they put in his ears? It doesn't say. Probably like wax or something. Oh my god. 
Yeah. I didn't realize that those were. Yeah. How many boxes? Uh, seven crates of cockroaches were released. Oh, God. There's no way they captured all those cockroaches afterward. Like, what know. happened to them? Somewhere I read there, there was a cockroach specialist, and they had some way of keeping them around. A cockroach special? Fuck mm-hmm. off. I'm serious. I don't think I put it in here. They, like, zip and, like, zip, zip, zip. Oh, you know, there's those animal people that know how to, you know. But it's a cockroach. Like, what are you going to do to it? Know. They're like a snake charmer. They got like a little whistle. Little. Like, all the cockroaches stand up on their back legs. <laughs> Maybe they just bombed the room afterwards or something. <laughs> Dude, hang on, so real, real quick. Speaking of cockroaches, there's a restaurant in Xenia, and apparently my uncle got a salad, takeout salad, and like took it back to mm-hmm. the office there and was eating it. He opened it up, and there was a fucking live cockroach oh inside God. of it. I'll tell you the restaurant after we're off here. I don't want to give him bad publicity. God, I hope he called the health department. Dude, I about puked. Ugh. Gross. Uh, Brad Pitt said that Gwyneth Paltrow's character is the only sunshine we have in the film. So I guess that's true. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, old uh, Texas Chainsaw Captain's not. Right. Uh, David Fincher was determined to make the film without compromising his vision. On his mm. first film, Alien 3, Fincher battled with the studio and was fired three times. Wow. I didn't know we that. haven't done that one yet. Uh-uh. Uh, when Mills and Somerset go to Wild Bill's leather store looking for information about Joan Doe... <laughs> The clerk says that Doe had a limp. Behind them, outside the store, a man limping is shown watching the detectives. Did you catch that? No. Fuck, I didn't either. Yeah, that's kind of creepy. So he's watching them, which makes sense. Yeah, so he knows. Huh. This was regarded as the first A production for New Line Cinema, proving that they could attract A-list directors and cast. Hmm. Interesting. The diner that Somerset and Tracy meet at is the same diner that Denzel Washington and Ethan Hawke meet in meet at in Training Day. In fact, they meet in the same booth. Denzel Washington is all over this movie. I know. What the hell? I have, I have a question for you based on what you just said before that. Mm-hmm. If he had this whole, if John Doe had this whole thing planned out, and Mills is new, how did he? have Mills and himself as what was the last two wrath and envy I don't know if he likely just found out who Mills was when they found his apartment Let's I was that. curious about that too I was like that doesn't make sense to me yeah if he had this whole thing planned out this for a, at least a year because he had the one guy tied up right yeah and he's so methodical unless he changed it maybe maybe he had someone else in mind and then I don't know Huh. Or maybe he didn't have like a set timeline. It was just whenever he found these people. Mm. Or maybe he thought they were getting close and that's why he maybe did it. Yeah, I don't know. I never thought about that until you just said that. Huh. Me either. Interesting. Uh, although the location of the city is never explicitly given, there is a scene in a cafe where Mills and Somerset are waiting for Mark Boone, Jr.'s character, where a poster behind them is advertising New York pizza. Mm-hmm. I just mm-hmm. thought it was New York or like, I, but it rains. So I was like, is this in Seattle? Yeah, and then the I end, thought that too. <laughs> and then at the end, they're clearly like in a California desert. That yeah. is not outside of New York City. Mm-hmm. Huh. Well, maybe that's why they didn't say where it was. Probably. Uh, Sylvester Stallone turned down the role of Mills. He told Ain't It Cool News that this was a mistake. I don't think that would have been, been terrible on this. Could you see him yelling, What's in the box? <laughs> what's in the box? <laughs> what's in the box? Yeah, he's more of an action y. Yeah. 
Uh, when filming the sloth victim scene, the SWAT officers were not told that the victim was still alive. When the victim <laughs> coughs and scares the SWAT officers, that reaction is real. I had heard that. Could you imagine? <laughs> you got what you deserved. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, there's a couple more. Uh, the ending in the movie is the ending in the original draft of the screenplay that the actors and director had signed on to. Producer Arnold Coppelson had it rewritten and the ending was changed to John Doe kidnapping Tracy with Mills and Somerset racing to save her life. When David Fincher, Brad Pitt, and Morgan Freeman read the new ending, they all demanded that the original ending be put back in or they wouldn't do the movie. Hmm. Interesting. Well, I mean, the movie is so dark anyway that the ending makes sense. Yeah, I mean, even for 95, I didn't think it was that, since they didn't show it. Right. It wasn't that terrible. I think it's just the fact that you've spent two hours watching this fucking depressing movie, and then that's how it ends, right? Like, And I was talking to my dad last night, and he said he won't watch the movie again because of that. Oh, really? Yeah, he's like, now I know how it ends. I'm not going to watch it anymore. Uh, well. Yeah. <laughs> uh, a fake head of Gwyneth Paltrow that was created to be shown in the box ended up being used instead for an autopsy scene of the character she played in the movie Contagion 2011. Really? Yeah. Oh, so they were going to show it. So they made a head and then didn't use it. I wonder if there's like deleted scenes or behind the scenes stuff where they show it. I don't know. Last one. Mill's apartment number is 5A. The fifth deadly sin is wrath, which is the sin that Mills commits at the climax of the film. <gasps> bum, bum, Little bum. Easter egg for you. Little Easter egg. I'm a big fan of Easter. That concludes Fun Facts with Seth. There was a lot for this bitch. You did a great job, dude. I'm really impressed with your work lately. Thanks. You've really taken a lot of pride in your work. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. HMC favorites. Jess, what was your favorite scene or scenes from the movie? Um, I really liked the house shaking scene and just seeing them kind of like bond and kind of get to know each other. And I just thought that that was funny that they were laughing about it. And then also obviously the, the ending scene, the what's in the box scene. Can you do your best what's in the box impersonation? What's in the box? <laughs> <laughs> that was good. Go ahead, Seth. Uh, I really liked, like I said, the interrogation room scene. I just thought it was really well done. Um mm. And I also like the ending slash twist. I like the ending a lot. I also, like I said, that scene with the guy in the freaking uh, slaw, the slaw scene just screwed me up. Mm-hmm. Um, I also think the majority of this movie shot, it's a little too long, but I think the majority of it shot really well. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just does such a good job of making this, the whole thing feel dreary. So I think all the scenes are done really well. But uh, then I cannot believe you forgot what happened at the end. That blows my fucking mind. But uh, okay, Jess, favorite kill in the movie? Um, I said I think lust because it seems like it's the most fucked up. Mm. What about you? I said the sloth guy just because it's so gross and yeah. Ugh. Do you think we should change favorite kill to worst kill? Because the favorite kill makes it sound like Jess likes to watch people get stabbed to death with dildo knives. <laughs> Maybe we should change it to that to worst kill. No, most notable kill. Most notable kill. If I had to pick a favorite kill, it would be John Doe's at the end because I think that uh, right. If placed in that situation, I think the majority of people would kill him, even though it did mm-hmm. it did fulfill his plan. But when you think about it, like the cops could completely cover up why that he was envy and that Brad Pitt was wrath, right? And just make it look like he never completed it anyway. So right. like, mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, 
Yeah, for me, I picked like the sloth too because it's the one that stuck with me, the, like stuck out the most. It's definitely the one that scared it's me like, the most uh, and the, the most memorable yeah. for me, for sure. I wouldn't say it's my favorite, but the other thing with this movie is that like you could pick out any one of the kills in it, and it probably sets differently with different people. You mm. know what I mean? Because mm. they're so um, methodical. But uh, Jess, thing you liked most about the movie? Um, I really like the storyline, the characters. I thought the acting was really good, and the twist at the end that just fucks you up yeah for sure <laughs> what about you i like the mood of it the grossness of everything like everywhere they went was disgusting like everywhere yeah. um i'd also like the actors and the acting in it i thought that was a good pair pairing Ooh. and of course the twist at the end too since i forgot yeah i think the writing for me is the thing i like most about it um i think it helps you have good actors because mm-hmm. you can have great writing and terrible actors or you can have great actors and terrible writing and it's you know what i mean i think you have to have both so those are just good together yeah, and like since we've, I've actually increased what my rating is going to be on this since talking through this with you guys, just because of all the connections you get just through talking through it and all like the the sto- character arcs and etc. But um, it's, it's got to be the writing for me and that ending. I I agree with them. I think if they had changed this ending, this movie would not be as notable. Because I, I mean that's what everybody remembers, right? Is the box at the end, except for Seth, but he was probably drunk when he watched it. When I was thirteen, yeah, yeah you drunk Jess. Thing you did not like about the movie. Um, just a little bit slow at times. I feel like maybe they could have shortened it up a little bit. Um, but really the biggest thing was at the end, I hoped for a bit more of a like completely shocked reaction from Somerset when he mm. finds out what's in the box. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I just felt like he, like he was shocked, but I just wanted like a more of a reaction from him than what he gave. Right. Like in terms of how he interacted with Mills or just in general? Just like, just from the start, like when he opens and sees what's inside. Yeah. Like he just kind of like comes back a little bit and then he's just like, you know, I'm sure there's stuff going through his head, but like I just hoped for more of a like he had met this person, he made a connection with them. Why is he not seem like he's maybe a little bit more upset or something? Yeah, so I can definitely see it. I wonder if it's because he didn't want. I think he maybe what if like, he tried to stay calm because he didn't want Mills to freak out. Maybe. Yeah. But no, I see what you're saying. You like this person you just had breakfast with the day before. Her head is now in a box that you're. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm also imagining he's seen a lot over the years that maybe that too because he's so withered. Yeah. And, and we've he, talked about this just being conditioned to seeing that, numb to it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Um, Seth, thing you did not like about the movie? Oh, the only thing I didn't like is just there was a couple slow parts, like mm-hmm. their montage of reading the books with the classical music, which is just kind of typical of that era anyway. Yeah. Um, that's really the only thing I didn't like about it. What about Mills being a, hom- a clear homophobe? Well, and that too. I think really he was masking his own sexual um, curiosities. That's what I'm assuming. By saying things like yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> Because he had no problem snuggling with um, Somerset on that bench. That's true. He likes older men. Mm-hmm. 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 <laughs> um, I love this movie. I Yes, it's a little slow at times. I think you have to be in the right mood when you watch it um, because it is kind of... It's. I don't want to say it's a slow burn, but... Um, it's definitely not going to put a like pep in your step for the day. No, it's really, <laughs> it's really depressing. Yeah. But I mean, so like I said, it's one that you... Have to be in the right mind frame for, but no, I think the acting's great, everything's great. I don't really have anything negative. It, they could have shaved some time off of it, and I'd be happy. But other than that, that's about it. Will you watch it again, Jess? Yes, I would. Seth, mm-hmm. I too will watch it again. 
All right, let's rate it. Let's jump over to Stabby's ratings. We rate every movie on a zero to five Stabby scale. Some movies get zero, some movies get fives. At the end, we'll average it out and give the HMC average Stabby's rating for the movie. Seth, HMC 80, my movie seven. What do you give this movie? I gave it a solid four. Ooh, a solid four. Um, the hits for me is like, I like the acting and the actors. I thought it was a really good pairing, the two. I like the whole premise of it. It's scary, kind of gross, but it wasn't like saw gross, which mm. I don't like. Um, I like the grossness of all the apartments and the buildings and everything we saw just made it feel yuck. Um, and the only thing I didn't like was there a couple slow scenes really mm. so other than that it was a good solid four for me I wouldn't watch it like if I wanted to be in a good mood yeah so this is one that like I could I'd give it a higher rating if I could just sit down and watch it whenever but I'd have to be in a mood to watch this if it had better rewatchability for you yeah Understood. so four for me Solid four for Seth. Jess, HMC 87. What do you give this movie? Um, like I said, I like that it was dark and eerie. I like the storyline and characters. Um, really, the only complaint I had was maybe just a little slow. And the twist at the end is great. I literally wrote down solid four. <laughs> <laughs> solid. Solid. Solid four. as a rock. Is that a song? Because you're like, yeah. I give it a solid four. I'm like, I literally wrote that on my paper. I saw her solid write it four. after you said it. Don't, like, let, her, oh, don't let her fucking I did not. She's like, what am I going to rate this? See what Seth says. Oh, I'm going to say the same thing. This is the movie that scared the shit out of me as a kid. Um, I talked about it a bunch, so I don't need to go down that rabbit hole. But I think the acting is great. The mood, the way everything is shot, uh, and the way it's written for me. It's great. I like the character development that you see. And I think that the, the way they interact with each other is also really great. Um... I also, after talking through it with you guys, I think I like it even more. But then also looking at the other movies that's influenced. So like when you look at like I don't think know that you would have a Saw movie without this. I feel like this mm -hmm. was the stepping stone to Saw. Good point. Um, mm -hmm. And just the way that other movies have pulled from it, even the newest Batman movie. So um, for me, I you know the nostalgia factor, all that being said, I actually gave it a four point seven. So not a perfect movie, um, but. I enjoy it quite much, Seth. I'm over here do trying, to do, trying to do math. Solid. Solid as a rock. You did a great job. Let's jump over to some of those other folks that like to rate and review horror movies. Us, the Horror Movie Crew, we're where you should be going to get your horror movie reviews and ratings. Jess, would you like to read the Rotten Tomatoes Critics Consensus? A brutal, relentlessly grimy shocker with taut performances, slick gore effects, and a haunting finale. Well, that's spot on. That is spot on. Spot on. On the spot. Rotten Tomatoes critics gave it an 82% on 82 reviews. They gave it a 90, wow, 79% average rating. The Rotten Tomatoes audience gave it 95% on 250,000 reviews, an 88% average rating or a 4.4 out of 5, which is actually the same as The Shining, believe it or not. Oh, my God. That is, like, totally crazy. IMDb, 8.6 or 86%. On one point six million dollars, people like dollars. this movie. <laughs> on one point six million reviews, I'm sorry, I'm a little hungover. <laughs> Us, the horror movie crew, the experts. No, we're not experts. Mm -hmm. No, we're not anywhere near experts. No, no, that's right. We gave it a four point two three out of five average stabbies rating, with eighty four point six percent out of a hundred, meaning it's a sagudin. Sagudin. It's a sagudin. Sagudin. No. Mm. That's great. What do you think? Should we do this movie again? Let's just start over and talk about it again. 
No, I'm good. No, uh, <laughs> I wish I knew where it rated with all the other moves. I'll have, to, I'll have to plug it into the spreadsheet and see. I'll let you know next episode. Anyway, is there anything else you'd like to say about Seven before we wrap it up, Seth? I don't think so. Jessica? I don't believe so. I don't believe so. All right, let's wrap it up. Uh, let's do some patron shout outs. Thank you, as always, to Brian Hathaway from the Don't Go Out There podcast, Kimberly D, Mike R, D. Cole, Anthony Silva from the Porcelain Peak podcast, Felicia Connor, Two Chicks and Horror Flick, Caitlin, the Ashleys, Ashley V and Ashley S, the OG patrons, Mark and Brooke from Podcasts on Elm Street, and my lovely mother, Nana, Stevie, Nick. Thanks, y'all. Yeah. You guys did a great job. I'm really impressed with you guys. Mm-hmm. Just in a roundabout way. I think you're awesome. Okay. Our next episode is HMC 61. It will be Black Swan. This is your movie, Seth. Yeah. You want to talk us through your pick? No, I just, I have only seen it, I think, once when it came out. And I just mm-hmm. thought it'd be a good pick. I definitely say the descent into madness is there. And you haven't seen it, have you? I've never seen it. Jess, have you seen Black Swan? Yes, I have. I love it. I'm oh. excited. Yay! Ooh, I mean, Mila Kunis is in so it. your so. chick's in it, so. How could I not? Isn't there like a sex scene with them in it? Kind yes. of, yeah. Well, sort know. of, yeah. Sort of? Yeah. Is there any? See. Is there any chef's kiss? <laughs> Maybe a little bit. All they do is chef's kiss through the whole movie. I'm excited for it. So you're going to hang out after, and we're going to make a video about how to do the chef's kiss oh for Instagram. In that case, we're out of here. Bye. Bye, y'all. Bye. Okay, so what restaurant? <laughs> yeah. Hey, Krubies, thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode and you want to hear more or you want to follow us on social media, Jess, where can they find us at? You can find us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Horror Movie Crew Podcast, and you can listen on any major podcast platform. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and leave us a review. We'll see you next time. Bye, all. Will the killer, da, 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 the will the killer hat. What the fuck am I talking about, Seth? I don't know. <laughs> you okay? I'm having a seizure. <laughs>